Hi, this is Mark. Hello, this is Matt. And welcome to our podcast, Lessons from the Field, where we talk with staff members from the Austin Independent School District about teaching and learning in our community. Our discussions focus on business learning and how it impacts teachers and students. So welcome to our podcast, Lessons from the Field. And Stacy, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Sure. My name is Stacy Shapiro. I teach first grade at Zilker Elementary. This is my 22nd year teaching. Um, all my 22 years have been in early childhood. This is uh, my 15th year in first grade. I've taught kindergarten and I have a background in early childhood special ed. So were you in Austin the whole time or what did you? I've been in Austin. I've been at Zilker the entire time. Oh, wow. I actually, um, I student taught and interned at Zilker. So I've been there for 23 years. So you're like legacy status. Yes. yes. Whoa, legacy. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. I haven't had, I haven't had my kids, kids yet teaching, but I know that some of my former students have first grade age kids. So I think that's kind of interesting. Oh, that's scary. But I'm not getting older. Right. I'm getting younger. They're getting older. I remember the first time one of my former students walked in with his child, and I was like, oh, dear Lord, I'm getting old. <laughs> 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 Don't and, worry, Mark. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. When, when, when students come back and say, guess what, Mr. C, I'm married now. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Can't happen. Yep. And Stacey, are you still, you're, you're a runner, right? I am a runner. Um, that's something, you know, about, about myself. Um, I didn't start running until my thirties. Oh, wow. And, um, okay. yeah, so now I'm, um, I, I run six days a week and I should be running my first Boston marathon, uh, soon, hopefully. Did that get rescheduled? Yeah. Okay. It's rescheduled for September, but we don't know if that's going to take place. Hopefully. Uh, I have no idea. Wow. So actually, I think of you every time I run down Manchac, because I remember you you'd see, you saw me before. That's right. That. So every time I'm running, I think, I, you know, you might see me <laughs> and I'm playing cookie. But I wake up earlier and I get started about an hour before our duty day starts. That way I can take a break and then go do my run and then come on back. Nice. I'm glad you can keep that up. Yeah. It's so easy to get lazy. Or it is for me. <laughs> Just <laughs> no, get lazy. So what was uh, collegiate life like, Stacy? What was collegiate life? Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to, where'd you go to school? Oh, so I'm originally, well, I'm originally from Toronto and I grew up oh, in okay. Arizona. And so I stayed in state. I went to university of Arizona in Tucson. So it was about two hours from my house. Loved U of A. Um, but my parents, cause they wanted us to stay in state for undergrad, but they encouraged us if we wanted to go out of state for grad school and then I got into UT for grad school with a full scholarship. So I said, sorry, I'm going to Texas. And um, I was supposed to go back home and teach in Scottsdale. I had a job all lined up. But since Zilker offered me the position, I'm like, I can't turn it down. I know how to use the copy machine. I know the secretary. <laughs> the I'm staying. So I didn't know you were Canadian. I am. Uh-huh. Yeah. You don't have an accent. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, my mom does, but. I, I can make it come out a little bit. <laughs> the mom. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's awesome. I didn't, yeah, that's that's good to know about you. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So um, for today, we're just going to ask you just some questions and we're going to look forward to hearing your insight. And so the first thing we're going to ask is, so tell us about your current reality working with students and families during this time. Sure. So currently, you know, my students are six and seven years old. And I think that um, the little ones are so resilient. Most of my students really are just bouncing back. And um, since I do use a lot of technology in my classroom and they're familiar with lots of things, it was just a gradual transition to some of the, the routines and procedures that I'm doing now. So I tried so hard to keep up with some of the same routines for them. But even though my, my children are so resilient, working with the families, everyone's in different places. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, working with my families was, it's very, it, it's like I differentiate for my students. So I'm having to differentiate for them. Um, after first finding out their situations, who has internet, who doesn't have inter- internet, their expectations, um, really trying to meet the needs of all the families. I think that was the first step. Uh, almost all of mine indicated that they did have uh, internet access or at least some type of device at home since oh, we're great. not umbrella in with, with all the um, Chromebooks. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of started there, but... Some of my little ones who don't use lots of technology at home, their families weren't used to it. And they're, they're saying that, you know, the kids would rather do things offline. So the first thing I wanted to do was looking at our curriculum, what we're teaching. I wanted to provide choices like I do in the classroom, but provide sure. online, offline um, activities they can do as a family. And as the weeks have been going on, one thing that's come up is um, I want the kids to be able to do the activities without needing a parent to read everything to them for my emerging reader. Oh, that's great. That's great. So yeah. So actually this week is the first week um, that we've incorporated using um, sound buttons on all of our slides for our weekly planner. And I can take a step back too. So what we decided to do as a first grade team was we created a weekly planner for our students all together. That way all of our students are being exposed to the same activities. We can work together, work smarter, not harder, and um, really work together the whole first grade team. And so Mondays we send home a, um, through through online, we send a weekly planner with online and offline options. And that's where this week I did add a sound button for every single page so that the kids can access on their own. And then not only are we emailing to the families, um, one of um, the, the, the tools I've used all year in the, actually the last three years have been Seesaw. And uh, so my kids are so used to Seesaw. So every Monday I add our weekly planner to their journal so they can really access everything. So that's been so helpful. And then not only in the planner do I have the online and offline options, but we're also providing at least three to four activities per subject area in Seesaw. And this way I can differentiate, have on-level reteach activities, enrichment um, extensions. And then when we create our own activities, I can use my voice and have voice instructions as well so that everyone can access all the activities. 
That's great. Have you have you noticed which option families prefer, the offline or online? And kind of what does that look like to you? Um, I think it's a mix. I think it's definitely a mix. The seesaw activities, especially once the kids, um, once they start accessing them, I think a couple of families were just hesitant. They were just, you know, some of them have routines, schedules every day. Some of my kids are doing every single activity when I clearly say, you know, you don't need to do all of them. Um, And others weren't really trying at first, but now they're trickling in because probably the kids are engaged and they love doing it. Um, honestly, I know their favorites are all the math and science. And so, you know, encouraging them to reach out and do, well, they're doing the phonics activities too, but I want to make sure they're still reading and meeting, um, you know, grade level standard as well. But um, it's definitely a mix. Uh, out of all my students, probably all but two or three are completing at least one activity in each subject area every week on Seesaw. Um, I have others that are doing more offline. Uh, What I started doing is add an attachment. Probably two-thirds of my students have printers, but not all of them. And so um, some of them would rather print out the activities and the kids do it with paper and pencil. I started last week taking some of the GoMath, which are the activities that we have um, through the district. And I not only – I've been attaching them as like – uh, handouts for them to download and to fill out. But then I, I saw other teachers were just uploading them directly to Seesaw. So now the kids have options. Do they want to just use the pencil tool and circle while they're on Seesaw, the text tool and type, or would they rather print it out and complete? So I think the bottom line is trying to meet everyone's needs and providing everyone with the instruction, you know, the skills, and then kind of letting them run with how they prefer to um to show what they know and to practice yeah sure no i i can definitely um appreciate that that you are giving them flexibility right and you're you are giving them choice and so that's really important um especially for students you know that you teach in your age range so yeah thank you for sharing that appreciate it the only other thing too is especially at the very beginning we did have quite a few parents complain that there were too many choices Okay. And then that's that. I mean, that's that's hard because I want to meet all their needs. So if it was too overwhelming for some, or it was just too much, then as soon as a parent would reach out, then I could say, "I hear what you're saying. This is what I would suggest for your child, knowing your child." So I think that was helpful too. And yes, of course, everyone's handling their stresses differently, and I'd rather someone tell me that it's too much. And that way we can work together to, you know, help their child and and streamline things. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. Fantastic. So, Stacey, as you know, I never taught (laughs) early childhood. But you mentioned the sound button. Oh, sure. I'm just calling it a sound button. So I, um, so I've been creating the, our weekly planner in Google slides. Uh So all I did was I took an image of a speaker. Uh I'm calling that a sound button. And then I have the exact same picture of a speaker in the top right corner on every single page. And then I've just recorded my voice, not just reading it, because I know we could use immersive reader to to read it too, but then also kind of adding a little bit more information um, to go along with it. So that way... Go ahead. So that way the child can click that or the parent can click that if they want to 
Got it. Exactly. Well, because that's last week at our team leader meeting, that's what the principal said was that at her meeting, and it wasn't necessarily in AISD, but that's what's coming up or that some parents who are trying to work from home are just too tied in to have to be sitting with their child to read everything to them, to make sure they're completing what they're supposed to complete. And really, when they're in my classroom, they know they have control and they know expectations. So I want to give them the opportunity to make their choices to get started without having an adult there. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. I, I mean, that's exactly what it sounds like. And I think that's very helpful, particularly for our young learners. I'm curious. Well, first of all, I mean, it's exciting because the districts purchased the Seesaw I heard, yeah. District wide, and so I'll be uh, very excited to see that roll out. But for the for the families or the students who do the offline work, what does assessment look like? Because you can go into Seesaw or Blend and see that, but how do you handle the assessment piece for the offline needs? Absolutely, and so not even just the assessment, but providing feedback. Right, yes. It's so easy. You click the button, I can leave feedback with my voice, I can type it, I can send activities back. With my students that are choosing not to use Seesaw or use online like iStation, um, I'm encouraging them to either video their child, take pictures, and then touch base with me once a week, whether it be over the phone, whether it be through email. Now that this week starts AISD is the mandatory progress monitoring in math, reading, and uh, student wellness, what I did was I made a thing link. So um, I took, um, I made three options for each of those areas. So again, I tried to do something offline, something online, and all three of those areas, the third option is for them to use their phone since almost all my parents have phones, I would I think, and they can record their child. Like for student wellness, check in with me. If you're unable to do a Zoom, if you're unable to do Flipgrid, then just record your child talking about their week, what went well, what didn't go well, um, telling me how they're feeling. And you can either text it to me, email it to me, upload it to Seesaw if you choose. Um, Same with math and reading. With reading, I provided the link to Scholastic um, um, uh, Book Wizard. Mm -hmm. So I wanted them to find a book on their level so that, I mean, how else can I, um, I need to find a way that I can um, assess to make sure they're reading on the reading level that they're supposed to by the end of the school year. Right. So I gave them the link. They can find a book. If they have it at home, look it up. They can record them and send it to me. And same with math. For example, we're doing 3D shapes. This is the last week of the unit. So I have a you know, seesaw option. I have our module assessment we do. And then I explained, or they can go find the six main 3D shapes that we're learning about around their house. You know, here's a cylinder. And then talk about um, the name of the shape. Tell me how many faces, vertices, and edges. So I'm trying to find, again, ways to meet all of their needs, uh-huh. find out what modality works best for them. But still, I have to be able to... Um, give feedback and assess in order to assign them the P, the proficient, or the I, insufficient, or um, whatever the I stands for. The incomplete. That's is it. that what it is? <laughs> uh, it's, um, it's the insufficient data or um, 
Okay. Yeah, they changed it, I think, so that, but it's, it's either a P or an I. Right. But if they don't send me anything, I definitely can't give them a P. And just because they send me something, you know, right. I, I need to know that they're proficient. They're not just they sent something in. And that's hard too, because I don't know how much parents support that they're receiving at home. Yep. That's always a challenge for mm-hmm. sure. But I think the bottom line too is the student wellness. And I know we have to meet their needs first. Like it was very interesting. I didn't realize, I hadn't seen, I guess, depression in a student, a six-year-old, until uh, one of our first activities was a Flipgrid assignment, uh, a choice. It was a choice. And they could check in. And one parent came on with her child and said, I hope this is okay because I can't get him to do it. And again, it was just a choice. He didn't have to do it. But she kind of read the questions, the prompts that I had given. And she's like, yeah, you haven't been feeling well this week. Is it your tummy or is it your heart? And he's like, well, it's my heart. And she's like, well, why? And it was just really neat. So that was my first um, opportunity to actually see my, you know, the, the effect on my students. And then luckily the next week in, in class Zoom, he's back to himself <laughs> and telling jokes for Funny Friday. So, but it was, it was, uh, I'm glad I had that opportunity for him to be able to share and put in words how he was feeling. And that's so important for these young learners, right? Six and six and seven year olds, yep. they don't understand. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's getting better, but still that Right. And I think they see a lot with the pressure of their parents. And I think, you know, it all depends on how they're handling things, how the families are handling things that I see it trickling over to, to the students. Well, that's great. That's, that's a great segue. Cause one of the questions that we, you know, did want to uh, ask of you today is, you know, what, what are some opportunities that you have discovered in moving into this fully online environment that we're currently in? Sure. So some of the opportunities, I mean, first of all, teachers are willing to share so much. Um, one of the things that I do is I follow, I've been doing Seesaw for almost three years now. So I follow two different Seesaw teachers groups on Facebook. And so many teachers are just sharing whatever they create. Um, one teacher was just saying, you know, thank thanking everyone else for sharing everything that they were sharing. So what she did was she created the template for the weekly planner that I use. And then I was so thankful that she shared that and then I could share other things. And then I've been sharing a lot with the district as, as a kick. You know, we just presented last week too, sharing how we're setting things up in blend or, or not using blend. And um, so that's, I mean, the bottom line of people, teachers are so willing to share with each other because they, they just want what's best for the students. So that's one of my favorite things um, that also really becoming familiar with uh, Screencastify. I'd used okay. it once great before tool. all of this. It's a great tool. Oh my gosh. I'm, um, I'm on my second chapter book for the kids. And so <laughs> I've been making a chapter every single day. Uh, we even had to do a Google form and vote for our next chapter book. So that was fun. Um, so that's one of my new t- tools that I've been becoming more proficient with. And then the other would definitely be ThingLink. And um, using that to share, um, I, I started by, that's where I started putting all my chapters for the chapter book. So the kids, if, you know, they skipped a chapter one day, they can go back to it without me having to send an email every single day. Because that's the other thing. I don't want to overload my families. I try to email them Monday and then Wednesday or Thursday to check in. 
And that's, you know, I don't want to do too much. So using Singlink as a, um, a base to have other, um, you know, being able to find links and, and I'm using my screencasts in there. And then I just made a thing link for the progress monitoring. So this oh, is the okay. first time I didn't just put links to it, but got to put documents and photos. So I'm evolving and learning um, as these weeks go on as well. How did you sure, find thing week? Thing, thing, uh, so, thing link. I had seen it before. I'm sure in one of the, the AISD EDU sessions, something. And I think I made an account and just never got around to it. That was one of those things. This is cool. I have a you know, million other things to do. And then I did attend the summit uh, that first Saturday that we came back from spring break. Oh, yeah. And so mm-hmm. I attended online. And that was one of the sessions I went to. And immediately, um, Lori Salome was presenting and oh my gosh I was blown away by her fifth grade all the stuff she showed us I'm like okay again a lot of the times I see things for fifth grade middle school how can I use this for my little ones and then that was the first thing I thought and then immediately we talked about since most of the things that we're doing in elementary are all asynchronous so we're not you know anytime we meet zoom it's all really well-being today was our class meeting so i'm not providing any of my lessons that way um and so i'm like well how can i share you know like my chapter book and so that that was the that's how i got started with the playing thing link and then i've shared it with all my other teachers and the fifth grade teachers and we've just you know gone from there it's yeah that's fun to play with absolutely for sure. And we, we've used it, Mark, right before in a couple of things that we've attempted. I think we've done a couple of things in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it embeds real well in, in Canvas. I don't know. In Blend. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about Seesaw and what that looks like. Yeah. So I've been, I've been, um, I've been embedding it in the Google Slides. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. I just yeah. take the Google Slides each week and then I download them into PDFs. And then mm. from there, once you download it into PDF, everything stays clickable. Okay. So, and I've learned a lot about that, you know, too, because I, yes, I'm very technologically savvy first grade-ish, but um, I've taught everyone <laughs> myself everything. So everyone always has to turn, you know, turns to me and ask questions. And granted, if I don't know, I either know who to ask or I know, know how to Google things and we, we solve it together. So. <laughs> awesome. That's great. So that leads me then just the total opposite kind of question, Stacey, is what are some of the challenges that you've encountered in our new reality here with kiddos Uh, and families? I I think there's, I mean, there's still so many challenges, uh, really with the families. And I know for me, um, especially my, my, my students that have several siblings, I know some parents have said it's very hard to keep everything straight. Um, it's also hard, you know, you asked about my students, you know, giving feedback. If they're not completing things on Seesaw, it, it's really hard to have a couple of kiddos that I, I'm just really struggling to see how they're doing. Um, again, because if I don't know if they're completing things by themselves, you know, meeting their needs, especially my handful of kids that weren't quite on grade level before spring break. So I think that's a big challenge. Um, I think my high kids are going to stay high. My, my medium, you know, everyone else is continuing learning and growing. 
and um, but maybe just not enough to get where they need to be. So I think that the challenge is really working with all of the parents without overstepping, without sending too many emails, but providing enough, um, enough support, asking if they need help, but then also giving space. That's got to be a challenge, you know, because they may want a bunch of support at the beginning of the week and then, you know, things change and who knows. I hadn't even thought about it that quite like that yeah off the record um you know i had one the very first day uh the parents said you know what? we're not going to do any academics we're just focusing on socialization and behavior and um then i let it go because that was the very very beginning and then i said hey listen we do need to add some academics in and actually your child is used to doing these things with me give him a chance you know or you know i feel like i've become a counselor taking all those skills, um, my special ed background first then, or giving choices, but both choices are fine. But it, it's hard when, you know, either the parents aren't willing to try or um, uh, they have a certain mindset. So that's where, you know, I kind of have to say, well, I've exhausted all my suggestions. Have you tried contacting the counselor? Because we do have a lot more resources. Um, another thing I found myself... Uh, doing in the past, but the uh, you know principal suggested when if parents are asking way too many technology or uh, tech, tech tech support questions, then give them the the phone number for AISD or not the the tech question. Right. I, I saw okay. sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah, just call AISD and say. I need to- <laughs> no, um, <laughs> No, I um, I, I copied the information from um, the AISD at home learning. And it, there's a link for family members that are needing tech support. So um, I think some of our teachers on campus are just so used to turning and asking, hey, how do I solve this? And, and you know, this parent's asking this and this parent's asking this. And if I know the answer, I'm happy to you know, walk them through it to share. But if I don't, that's when it's time to share the resources that AISD has set in place so you're not spending hours and hours trying to solve something that you don't have experience with so how because i always would imagine too how do you balance screen time with you know first graders in the in the given situation i know you said offline learning earlier but some of those kids are just going to be glued to those monitors if you give them all those choices how do you how do you what can you do to try and balance that? How do you take that into consideration? Sure. Well, uh, I think with, all, with also my running background, some of the, the choices, activities each week, I definitely have a wow activity, you know, PE, things like that too. I'm constantly reminding the parents, um, you know, for, for this age child, they should only be engaging 15 to 20 minutes per subject per day. Okay. They That's should good. only be engaged in, in distance learning for an hour and a half to two hours a day, maximum. Um, so those are all the guidelines from Dr. Cruz. So I, I share that. Like the one family that keeps answering, the daughter keeps doing everything I send. You know, a couple of times I'm like, hey, don't worry about that. And she's like, well, she wants to. I'm like, as long as it's up to her. She's like, but every day we do go outside. Every day we go for a walk. Every day she swims in the pool. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. That's I want to make sure you remember. So, um, yeah, that's why I'd rather that they get a book. 
one of the, the slides that I share every week, we have the comprehension focus. So whether it be author's purpose is this week's main idea. So go grab a book, read with your child, just like you would do. And then just make sure you ask some questions on author's focus. And here are some good ones to ask. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I hadn't, I hadn't heard the, the time expectations. Oh yeah. I have it all on my my desktop. And that was the other thing too, um, that you asked because of this, and I've used s'mores before, um, because Mm -hmm. our, our school uses living tree. I don't have a website anymore. I had created a blend, um, module for my class, except not all the other first grade teachers had that. And that was one thing I didn't want to do is just overload the families with too many new technology aspects. So because my teammates weren't using blend, we chose as a, as a team not to use blend. So that's why um, I created a s'more. So I send that out every Monday with all sorts of, you know, screencasts of me walking them through um, any questions, you know, getting on to Raz kids, getting on to iStation. Um, that, that's where we house everything. And then that's where I upload the weekly planner for the week and then announcements in there as well. Okay. Hey, Stacey, real quick for maybe some of our audience out there, can you tell them what S'more is? Sure, I'll try. Um, so a S'more is an online, um, an online newsletter. And so um, each week, uh, some of it stays stagnant. So I have some, um, some things that are the same on it, like my information about my office hours and um, um, some of like, I'm, I'm not changing how they access iStation, little things like that. But then anytime I want to, I can up, um, I can, um, upload it. I can update. Oh, thank you. That's it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anytime I want to, I can update. So I definitely make sure to update it like over the weekend. Um, I have never used this function until now. Uh, I put in all my parents' email addresses. So Monday mornings, I push the button and then it emails everyone's with that saying that there's an update and then I can put announcements on the very top. So I have one um, one link to it. So they just need to know the one link and then that's where I'm updating everything. So it's like having a website. I can put pictures. I have, that's where I have the links to my read aloud stories, to the weekly planners, to all the other websites. Um, but, uh, so that, that's, that's what a s'more is. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. And again, you know, whoever is out there going to be listening to this, um, what I really love about s'more as well is exactly what you said, right? You can update it in real time and that's always, um, very, very welcome, especially now that, you know, we're in this online environment. So another question I had is, um, so, you're very well versed in in online learning, right? I mean that that's just I mean you have that's a pretty obvious. definitely <laughs> yeah that's that definitely pretty obvious. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. Um, however, okay, have there been any new discoveries that you've had with your class being in this fully online environment? I think uh, uh, for new discoveries. There are certain aspects that I will definitely want to continue next year. And there are definitely some things that I'd want to start earlier. For example, I want to start with blend first day of school next year and share that way my students are accessing what their older brothers and sisters are to make things easier for everyone. That'd be one thing that I would do differently um, as the year goes on, you know, starting next year. 
Um, new discoveries, uh, I have to go back to Seesaw because I've always been a huge fan, but I've only used it in the classroom. Um, I originally found it because I wanted a, um, I wanted a portfolio to share with the parents. And with okay. the little ones, so many things that we do, you, know, you can't stick in a portfolio. It's these projects, yeah. things that we're doing outside. And then that was like my first year. Then the second year, I used it as like voice and choice because the little ones, they can't um, necessarily write down what they're thinking with science. Um, the very, very first activity I ever did, mm-hmm. we went on a um, five senses or four senses walk through the school. And I've done this every year. And the kids draw things that they see, that they hear. Um, and then I kind of look that over. But to give a grade on that, it was game changing when I used Seesaw. Because what they did is they took a picture of their work, but then they got to use their voice. And then they said, um, my little one that just blew my mind the first you know, first week of school was, I smelled sweet smelling flowers. I smelled sour. You know, she started using all these adjectives. So I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, that's a difference between a four and a three if I had to give a grade. But I had never had that opportunity to give them a voice like that until I found something like Seesaw. So um, I've always had it with my, my kids. And the parents had the um, home uh, family and home app. So they could see what their child was doing. They could comment on anything and they could like it. And, but that was it. Now CISA has created the home learning app where the okay. kids are, have the opportunity to, um, to, to do the assignments and things at home, whereas they couldn't do that before. And because teachers have really appreciated that, that's something that they're going to keep going as an option in the future. So I definitely want to continue using Seesaw um, almost like as a homework assignment. So that way that the parents can see what the kids are learning. They can see how they're creating things, how they're explaining things. So I definitely, that's something that I'm going to continue to do. I guess that would be an eye opener through all this experience. Is there a, a general agreement like using Seesaw as opposed to using Blend? Is there a grade expectation? Because, you know, they're going to be eventually shifting to to Blend. So what is that? Um, I'd like to say that it's probably based on principal's discretion. Okay. Uh, I know some of the teachers too had been using Google Classroom and then making that transition um, to Blend. I know a lot of pre-K teachers are using Seesaw. Um, instead, but you know, they're here and there. Like, I think um, with Blend, it all depends on your the principal. I think the goal is probably to get everyone in AISD to use Blend, but because especially now that we you know, we purchased CSAF for pre K through second grade, it's definitely more user friendly for the little ones. But um, gosh, if you try, there's so much that even the little ones can do in Blend as well. So, not to turn this into a Seesaw commercial. I know. Sorry. So, but seriously though, so if I'm a, if I'm an early childhood teacher, where do I, where do you suggest you start in in Seesaw? Like what's, Um, what's the one place to go? I would start, I want to say it's seesaw.help. The website is seesaw.me. Okay. S-E-E-S-A-W.me. And I want to say it's backslash help. Okay. And that would be definitely where to start. Or just, you know, Google Seesaw getting started. Uh, what they provide, they provide, it's called PD, Professional Development in Your PJs. PD in Your PJs. <laughs> so basically, and they've been doing this for years and years, it's like 15, 20-minute uh, PD sessions. 
getting you started, um, you know, learning how to use the activities library because there's so much they have to offer. And then that is the one big difference between a platform like Blend and Seesaw. So Seesaw is not only a platform for sharing and having your activities, but they also have an activities library. So all I have to do is go into the library and search for 3D shapes. I just type 3D shapes and it says first grade. And then all these other activities that other teachers have created pop up. And then I can take their activity. I can copy and edit it so I can make it my own and then I can upload it or I can create my own. So again, it's all about just helping teachers meet the needs of their kids. So their support is very strong as well. Support is very strong. They actually have during all this um, every morning, I want to say it's at nine o'clock our time for an hour, you can log in and that's all it is, is live help. If not, you can always submit um, requests. But that's where the the groups that I follow on Facebook come in because teachers are posting questions. Oh, hey, I saw the webinar on how to create a clickable choice board, but I'm stuck here. Then all these other teachers jump in. Oh, I think this is what you're you're doing wrong or, or just anyone will start answering each other's questions. And that's just been so valuable and just so helpful. That's awesome. So it's kind of like one of those like office hours type of thing, right? I guess you call it the equivalent of that. So Seesaw is having um, office Mm -hmm. hours hours. for an hour a day. But then the other thing that I was mentioning too is through, through Facebook, just there's, um, there's just groups. So people post questions at all hours and then people actually all over the world, uh, Seesaw is really big in Australia and New Zealand as well. So yeah, it's really neat. And of course with their time change and Mm -hmm. then they're constantly, people are just putting up questions or just sharing. I'm just so excited about an activity I need. I'd like to share it. And then all these other people start sharing theirs and then answering questions. And it's just, and that those are just teachers responding to teachers. Got it. So this brings me to my next question, because you've actually mentioned this a couple of times. Um, So how has social media impacted what oh, yeah. you're doing now and during this this time that we're going through at the moment? Uh, I think with me, the bottom line, uh, social media has impacted, I guess, my teaching by just providing a wealth of more ideas okay. and support. Uh, whereas in the past, I have you know, a couple of friends that are always willing to help and share, but I might not be able to find what I'm looking for. So mm-hmm. I'm having to create things on my own or spending a long time figuring something out or learning something. Whereas now, um, because of social media, everyone is just helping each other and sharing with each other, you know, throughout our district, our state, you know, our country, other countries, which has just been so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. What, what's kind of, I mean, I, I assume, are you on multiple platforms, social media platforms, or is there kind of like one that you really Honestly, rely on? Um, I've been sticking with, with Facebook. Okay. And really just the groups that I'm already with. Um, that That's about it. I'm not, uh, I do have other accounts, you know, um, Instagram things, but I've honestly, there's, there's so much out there that I have sure. everything that I need right there. And then I really don't have time to go searching through other things too. So I'm definitely finding what I need for me just by using Facebook. 
Yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I do have Facebook groups, Twitter, like Instagram, and it, you're right. It is, it has become extremely overwhelming, uh, the amount of resources that are being shared, both good and bad. Right. And Absolutely. so it kind of just depends on, you know, what, what your need is and how that fits you and your students. Exactly. Um, and I don't think one is better than another. I think it's mm-hmm. whatever works for you and then going from there. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the other questions that came to mind that you were talking about something earlier is what, what is collaboration looking like for teachers? I I mean, you, you have quite a bit of experience and I know you're, you know, a phenomenal campus leader, like how is that being impacted as far as like you collaborating not only with your team, but with other grade levels as well? Sure. Um, I can start with my team. Uh, With my team, I think because all of our personalities are so different and we have so much going on in our lives, uh, before all this happened, we would share ideas and we wouldn't meet for a team meeting once a week, Mm -hmm. but we weren't planning cohesively um, as, as a grade level. Whereas now, oh my gosh, we are so cohesive. We're all on the same page. Um, A lot of the times I might start something. Um, I'll start our weekly planner and then I'll say, okay, this is what I have so far. These are some questions. Who would like to do this? Who would like to do that? And then we all come back together. So uh, because of technology and we have our Google Doc, our running to-do list Google Doc, and then we all can, um, we can all add to the slides, we can share and work that way. So because of this, my team has been so much more cohesive. It's been wonderful, all of us sharing our ideas, working together. Um, What's really nice is uh, being the the, the CIC on my campus, people have always turned towards me with technology questions um, and ideas. And so this way that still is going on. And especially, you know, I've taught kindergarten before, so I'm so happy to help. Actually, a lot of the time when I'm looking for ideas for my classroom, if I come across kinder activities, I shoot the, the, um, the kinder team an email and send it. And the other day I said, do you guys want me to keep doing this? I'm like, if I'm bothering you, just you know, delete <laughs> ignore. And then they're like, no, 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 keep going, keep sharing. And That's so, awesome. you know, I just love that um, people are willing to ask questions if they need help. A lot of the other teachers, like our fifth grade teacher, has just taken off with the Screencastify. She is loving using it. And so when other teachers have a question, she won't even try to explain it. She'll be like, oh, hold on. I'll make you a movie. Real, one second. So she'll explain oh, it and send, send a link. So, I love so that. Many people, That's awesome. Um, are like a faculty meeting, someone had a question, they didn't quite understand something with the progress monitoring. So mm-hmm. three people right away said, oh, I can go over that with you. Well, I'll make you a screencast, I'll do this. So I think it's been so great that you know everyone's just so willing to help each other um, across all the different grade levels. That's fantastic, uh, that's awesome. How often do you, do you get together as a whole faculty, Stacey? Do you, do you have so the whole faculty we're doing once a week on Thursday. Once a week. Okay. So we have our team meeting. Um, we've been, usually we have a team leaders meeting once a week, give or take. Uh, I know I begin, uh, with my team, we meet every Monday just to kind of touch base and then start going over our weekly planner and divvying things up. And then if we have a team leader meeting, either we meet usually the next morning, we all meet together. But as a faculty, we've been meeting once a week. Okay. That's great. Yeah. So, Stacey, I'm, I'm real curious. If you think back to last year at this time, 
what do you wish you had known back then? What message do you wish we had given teachers over the summer if we had known that this is how it was going to be from spring break until who knows when? Because we may not be in buildings in August, right? right? I mean, just to be, we don't know. So what, what, what message, what would you want to share with teachers? What do you wish you had known? Um, I think, I mean, the only thing I can think of on the top of my head is going back to blend just because since so many middle school, high school, upper elementary, they're using it. Uh I guess I would have liked to have started the school year off um, being encouraged a little bit more for all of us to engage in blend because I think there is definitely something to be said for all the students to be using the same platform. Um, Primary, we can still use Seesaw and embed it within blend. I mean, Mary Therina is a perfect example of using that with pre-K. So I think that's what I would have wanted to do. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Mary. She's one of our She's going to be in one of our people. Oh, I know. I saw that. Soon, so we're excited to have her too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because we, we, we usually present, you know, we seesaw together. That's right. Two peas and a pop that. That's right. Um, the only other thing, someone brought it up on, on Facebook, and not even an AISD teacher, with primary, with first grade, um, we work so hard during the school year to teach them to read. So, I mean, I'm working so hard. They're learning their their sight words. Um, Usually by spring break, almost all my kids are reading on grade level. And then when we come back from spring break, our curriculum is all like math. It's all 3D shapes and graphing and fractions. And um, this is when I do all of my technology. Like right now they're doing, we'll see how it works, but they're doing their biographies. And then I did step-by-step so that they could still do a, um, a um, chatter picks project with their biographies. Next we have animal research. So I think that's the hardest thing for us in first grader, for me, for myself, is that I've worked so hard that now these, you know, this last nine weeks, this is when we're supposed to be doing all of these projects and hands-on and, well, all year is fun, but extra fun activities. (laughs) And so I feel sad that we're missing out on some of these activities. So, you know, I'm trying my best to still continue and let them have an opportunity to do these things. I mean, my kids were learning how to access their Google Drive before we left for spring break. First graders were changing fonts and saving things and sharing with me. And how cool is that? I didn't learn that until high school. (laughs) (laughs) We won't go there. Yeah, yeah. But I think for me, that's, I don't know if if I knew this was going to happen, if I would have let up a little bit or, um, no, you know me, I'm very, um, I, I want to teach my kids as much as I can. And um, I really, I wouldn't have done anything differently, except I think it's really important for all of us to be on the same platform. That's awesome, Stacy. <laughs> Thanks. That is awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. So you ready? Okay. (laughs) What's the first thing you're going to do when you get out of quarantine? Oh, I'm going to go to Orange Theory. I miss my classes. Orange Theory. Oh, golly. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Favorite restaurant? These are hard. (laughs) Well, they may not be open. (laughs) Right. They have to get it delivered. 
I, that's, I've been treating myself on Sundays. So I also order in from my favorite restaurants, so like my favorite restaurant. I, I love true food. Um, um, and then I just, one of their like sister restaurants, I just ordered from them and it was so good. I'd never had it before. It is called flower child. Ah, so I definitely okay. Is okay. this like for vegetarians or uh, no, just more healthy, more probably healthy. healthy. Yeah, I'm not a vegetarian. Okay. I like All righty. Favorite taco? Yeah, I'm more stressed about this. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Okay, tacos would definitely be breakfast tacos. What kind? Oh, okay. So eggs and sausage, no cheese. Okay. Oh, man, that's my, that's my favorite kind, too. Sausage. Yeah, I'm sure there can be other things on there, but just no cheese. Do you have a go-to? Do you stop at tor- the Torchies on South Lamar or anything like that? I like torches on South Lamar. Okay. Um, no, we get from our school, we get it from Taco Deli. Ah, that's a good one. Shout out to Taco Deli. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, we appreciate your time very much, Stacy. Thanks for being My here pleasure. this afternoon. If you guys have any follow-up questions later, you're always welcome to reach out. I'm happy to help. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Please be sure to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, and SoundCloud. These podcasts are produced by the Professional Learning Department of the Austin Independent School District. Follow us on Twitter at AustinISDPL. Until next time, stay safe, my friends.